Hey, it's Jen Garrett here, and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. I've helped thousands of people to develop their own personal game plan to achieve that next level of greatness. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies of professional athletes, Fortune 500 executives, and successful entrepreneurs to elevate your hustle and get you across your goal line. So get ready. It's your time to move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. This episode is part of my special Path to the Draft series where I'm having conversations with NFL draft prospects on their path to the draft. So today, inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story and talk about his path to the draft is Elijah Molden. Elijah is a defensive back who played college football at the University of Washington, where he played for four seasons, finishing this last season with 26 tackles, including one tackle for loss, an interception against Utah, and a pair of pass deflections. Elijah was also named a second-team All-American by Pro Football Focus, which also named him Pac-12 Player of the Year. Elijah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. It's, it's funny when you read off those last stats and we play four games, it's like 26 tackles, that's not that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, for four games it is, and you, you did a fantastic job this past season, and I'm excited to see what happens in the draft and where you continue to go. So, so where I'd like to start off our conversation is you just telling us more about your story. I know you've been around football since you were a kid. Your dad mm-hmm. played in the league, but tell us about how did you start playing football? When was that? And uh, what really excited you about the game? I first started playing football second grade. And it was just flag football. And then shoot, I didn't play, I didn't play tackle football till fifth grade. My mom wanted uh, wanted me to wait a couple of years, want me to, you know, grow and, and develop a little further. So when fifth grade came around, I was ready to roll. At that point, football had been the major focus in my life. First memory actually is of, is of my dad getting interception, but my mom and I are stuck in traffic. So my mom gets a call on the phone. I was going to pick, I was going to pick. And she's freaking out. I look at Isaiah, I look at my older brother and we're like, what's going on? Ever since that moment, I've been, you know, driven to play football. And because you play the same position as your dad, did he serve as kind of a motivator? Do you feel some competition to perform better than your dad and kind of have some great stats to to kind of compete with him? I never competed with him, but he he competes with me. Ah, got so, it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I never felt pressure. You know, yeah, of course he played at a very high level. I only felt pressure for myself, you know, the pressure I put on myself. He, he was never a parent to, to push me in a negative way. He pushed me outside my comfort zone so I could grow, but it was never authoritative, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. And you mentioned you have a, an older brother. Uh, did you guys uh, compete between one another or, or what was that relationship like? Yeah, here and there, I think, you know, we play touch football in the backyard. So he's a lot bigger than me. So we'd wrestle and, and that type of stuff. You're the second oldest of eight siblings. So, you know, as you've continued to to grow and develop and as you're getting ready for the NFL, I'm sure your younger siblings are looking up to you. They're my family. They know me. They know uh, I appreciate them. Once when I get to the point in my life where I can give back to them and my parents and I'm going to do so. And you bring up a really great point because all of us should be looking at how we can show caring and compassion to everybody, right? And that's an important part of being a great leader, a great player on and off the field. And so I think that's great that you are doing that for your family and really being showing that compassion and kindness and caring. Let me ask you this. We all know that great athletes on the field and great leaders in life they're always focused on how they can be better on that continual improvement. What are you currently working on improving 
my goal is to, to look the best, to run the fastest, to jump the highest that I can. You know what I mean? So I have goals for myself. You know, for me every day, I, I got to live up to, to the standard. You know, every day I got to put in the work. I have to get outside my comfort zone. Like I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm, I'm driven by results. And in my case, the end result will come in a couple of months. Once when I achieve that, then, you know, I'll move the, I'll move the line further back. I think it's important to push yourself out of your comfort zone. There's a quote that I really like that says there is no growth in the comfort zone and there is no comfort in growth. Right. So mm -hmm. really it's getting uncomfortable, embracing that and, and pushing yourself to be better, just even that 1% better every day that there's a compounding effect to that as well. So just share with us, tell us a little bit about you. Who is Elijah and how would your close friends describe you? Um, shoot, that's a good question. You have to ask them. I mean, I, I'm very passionate about a lot of things outside of football. I, I love reading books, which isn't, which isn't common in my line of work or my age. I mean, I just love spending time with my friends and family, going out to eat, going to restaurants, do, doing this, doing that. Went on a couple hikes up in Washington, which which was fun. So when I'm outside the game of football, I really just try and relax and reset, you know, and recharge. So once when I get back to it, I could be dialed and focused. Gotcha. And do you prefer like actual hard copy books or do you like ebooks? What's your audio? What's your preference? I like hard copies. You know, a couple of years from now when I have kids, I want I want them to have like a library of all my books. I, I like paper books as well. So I'm I'm old school like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had a great college career uh, this past season. You earned first team all pack 12 for the second season in a row. You played in the Las Vegas Bowl the year before, right? You were named Las Vegas Bowl MVP among, I, I mean, there's a whole slew of accomplishments I could read off, but share with us in your mind, what is necessary to be able to play your position at an elite level and to succeed in the NFL? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think a lot of things go into it. First and foremost, I think no matter no matter the position, no matter the profession or, 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 you know, whatever have you, I think you have to prepare. And for me, that looks like film and extra work after practice and recovering my body and my mind. Just so, so when I do get out in the field, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to second guess myself. I feel like every mistake I've ever made during a football play is either it comes from too much thinking before the play or during the play. And that stems from preparation, you know what I mean? Uh, getting that into muscle memory and whatnot. So I think that's probably the most important thing. Preparation is key in anything that you do, whether you're playing a sport or you're just you know, navigating your career in life. And so mm -hmm. share with us, how do you stay mentally locked in on game day? Is there anything in particular that you do aside from the preparation? Every day closer to game day throughout the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So by when Thursday comes around, your nerves are pretty racked up. Friday, it's even higher than finally game this Saturday, it's the highest it's been. Right? And that's difficult to deal with. It's not difficult to deal with necessarily, but it's it's an opportunity to use those nerves to, you know, propel your work forward. So I mean I have a routine that I stick to. I find that it's best when I, you know, stay true to that routine. Otherwise I feel like I'm not maximizing my potential. So I stick to the routine. And then once I get out in the field, then I just kind of let go let my play speak for itself. Something I want to take a minute to talk about is last year we were in a pandemic and something that's important in all of life is adapting and adjusting. And we had to do a lot of that with this pandemic and you know, the fate yeah. of college sports, pro sports last year was kind of unclear when the pandemic first hit, right? And on, I believe it was August 11th of last year, the Pac-12 canceled all fall sports. Then in September, they said, okay, football is going to return to play, but it was obviously right. a condensed season. Talk to us about what that was like for you and how did you adjust and adapt? Yeah, it was crazy. It was just a roller coaster up and down. 
we'd be expecting one thing and then the carpet gets pulled from underneath us the very next day and we got to change our whole course. So um, again, it was challenging, but it was something that the UW football team viewed as like an opportunity to grow. I think, you know, looking back, we grew more in that one year more than any other year, just because we were forced to, like you said, be adaptable and control what we can control. So yeah, we, we played four games, but I, I had a real fun time with my playing with my teammates, playing with my brothers. And I feel like I um, took advantage of the time off to uh, hone in on the skills that I, I needed to, to hone in on in order to take my game to the next level. Aaron, tell us what was the most memorable part of last season for you? Uh, the Utah game. We came back from a 21 point deficit after halftime. Yeah. And how do you stay in the game? I mean, when you're playing professional or collegiate sports, you're used, like you're trained to shake things off, right? To bounce back, to not let what's happened in the first couple quarters define what mm -hmm. happens in the next couple quarters. And I think that's easier for people that are used to playing competitive sports versus in life. A lot of people get so discouraged when things are not going their way that they just want to give up. So how do you, when you are down three uh, touchdowns in the first half, how do you kind of reset and stay focused in the game so that you can perform and still uh, still do well? Yeah, we should never stop asking ourselves because, you know, these high pressure type of situations, it's easy to get emotional, you know what I mean? Especially when a lot's on the line. But for me, I mean, I, I try and look at things from a neutral perspective. Yes, you may be playing in a great game. Yes, it may determine, you know, whether or not you make the conference championship or whatever taking a step back and saying, okay, at the end of the day, this is just a game. I'm going to play a lot of games in my career. You know, I prepared, I should follow my preparation. It's not going to be perfect, but I want it to be excellent. I want it to be uh, as best as I can play. So, you know, that, and again, that's something I'm working on. I, I'm known as a perfectionist. I think I used to think it was the only way uh, to be, to get the results that I've, I've been getting, but in this time off, I've realized that there's a different way to go about things. Honestly, in, in changing that perspective from being a perfectionist to being someone who just strives for excellence, I think we'll actually be more successful in um, achieving our goals. Yeah, I completely agree. There definitely is a difference between striving for excellence and perfectionism because you're never going to have everything perfect all the time. But if you strive for excellence and trying to perform at your best, you're not going to remain stuck in, oh, this has to be perfect before I can move on, before I can, you know, try to do that next thing. So I think that's a very important mm -hmm. distinction, excellence versus perfectionism. So what I want to do now is I just want to do some fun questions to end the show. It's my two minute drill that I call it. And okay. for those that uh, listen to the show, I've mixed up the questions for this path to the draft series. So it's different than my normal questions, but are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. All right. Outside of football, what do you like to do? Read Spatel, my girlfriend. What is your favorite professional sports team? And it doesn't have to be football. Truthfully, I do not have one. What is your favorite movie? Interstellar. What is your favorite food? Salmon. What is the best piece of advice you've been given by a coach? No excuses, no explanations. What is the best piece of advice that you would give someone? It takes what it takes. Simple as that. The last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, either living or deceased. Who would you pick and why? Mm. Wow, that's a great question. Barack Obama, Alexander the Great, and Mike Tyson. And why would you pick those three? I mean, they, they've achieved a lot and in their own way. They're conquerors of some sort. So I think they have some fun insights. Great. So as we wrap up the show, tell people how can they follow you? Follow my Instagram, E underscore Molden with a three for the E. 
And it's the same on Twitter too. We'll be sure to put those in the show notes so people can follow you on your journey. Any last words before we close the show? Listen, I really appreciate the time. I love this podcast. And uh, Jen, like I said, this is something I've been looking forward to for a while. So thank you. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Elijah. It's been a true pleasure. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. Until next time, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.